also forgot to ask, Jordan, how are you feeling? I know you were a little under the weather this week because of the weather. I'm feeling all right. I'm not 100%, but I'm good enough to record. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I severely burned my tongue yesterday, so I am, you know. Yeah, we're about the same. No tummy ache, but it's not easy. <laughs> I'm the only one coming in without a debilitating injury. You might just need to run this show. Don't worry, guys. I'll just uh, take the driver's seat <laughs> on this one. I'll just big dog my way through it. It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. We are, we're chat enough to do this episode. And we're chat enough to say this episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content help us keep the show running by joining at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Jump, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't This episode it. of Shonen Jump, David! Sorry, Shonen Flop. <laughs> Fuck it, whatever. This is the Kino episode. Yeah. I'm David. I'm Jordan. <laughs> and next week, we'll be talking about Ichigo Keys Under Control, if you'd like to read along with us. Be sure to join the discussion oh, in our Discord and submit God. your six-word summary. Oh. Find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our website, shonenflop.com. But this week, we are talking about Takeki Ryusei, and we are joined by our guest, Jack. A.K.A. Bumbles McFumbles. Oh, sorry, I didn't know if you wanted me to say that part. Oh, it's all right. Mm. I, I, I've come to terms with my fakey fake YouTuber name. Do you want me to go, like, re-say it, then say Jack, A.K.A. Bumbles McFumbles? Uh, no. Live with your mistakes. Okay, that's fine. All right. David. Dylan's just going to be like smoking a cigarette. He's like, I don't fucking know how to edit this episode. <laughs> Jack, do you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself? I would absolutely love to. Hello, my name is Jack. I'm a uh, YouTuber for the Bumbles McFumbles channel, and uh, I talk about all things video games. I do video game reviews, um, discussions. Like, if you know me from anything, you know me for the Punch-Out video. It's okay to, you know, say that. But I've covered a wide variety of topics, and most recently, I just went through a whole month of anime games. Fuck yeah. Which I'd love to say was in prep for this, but somehow the two were completely unrelated. Which one? I don't want to say what was your favorite. Which one did you regret the least playing? <laughs> um, <laughs> tough question, but a fair one. Um, I'd probably say Blood Will Tell, which is based on Dororo by Osamu Tezuka. Oh. I really enjoyed that one. It was actually a lot of fun. And it was one of those ones where I get to talk about something that, like, nobody else has talked about. So I really get to attack it from whatever angle I want without feeling like, you know, oh, I better not, you know, bring up this or I'll be compared to this or anything like that. But I actually enjoyed a lot of the games that I played. You know, I played um, One Piece Grand Adventure, and that got me, like, super into One Piece for a little bit. And um, then I played the Dragon Ball games, and that video was called Three of the Worst Dragon Ball Games. So wasn't the best of time, but... Oh, no. Some of them are good. Oh, no, there are tons of great Dragon Ball games, but, like, not Ultimate Battle 22. Oh, God, that game is awful. Oh, it's oh. terrible. Dragon Ball Evolution for PSP, which was surprisingly the best of the three. <laughs> I had to buy a Kinect, okay? So if anybody wants to say I haven't suffered for my art, I have. Wait, what about there's one really bad one on the GBA? Uh, Taiketsu. Uh, this is actually the sequel to a previous video of Bad Dragon Ball games, and I already talked about uh, that one. Oh, Bad Dragon. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. I just remember I played a lot of Legacy of Goku, and the thing I mainly remember is that if you started flying and got hit by a key blast, you were invincible. I actually like the Legacy of Goku games. The first one is, like, maybe one of the games that suffers the most from, like, first game yeah. syndrome, where it's like, we don't know what we're doing. The second one was really fun. Legacy of Goku 2 and Boo's Fury are fantastic. You know what else has also left a really good legacy? What's that? This offer, so why don't we dive into the manga details? Really? Really? <laughs> really? Really, really David? David? All right, all right, we're horsing around. <laughs> really, David? <laughs> Wilbur! 
Jordan, take it away. Tell us all about this masterpiece. Zoomers don't even know what the fuck I was talking about when I said Wilbur. But anyway, so Takeki Ryusei roughly translates into the fierce dragon star slash planet says, <laughs> David, you didn't include the name of the author. It's a ghost author. It was written by nobody. It was written by a ghost. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Whoa. It was written by Tetsuo Hara, and Hara seems to like including the kanji star somewhere in the title of his works. That may tip you off to something this guy worked on. But anyway, the notable people they were an assistant for was Yoshihiro Takahashi, the author of Silver Fang, the shooting star Gein. David, is that the dog manga? I think I, so. I, I think that's the dog manga. Manga with the dogs? I wonder when the last time Shonen Jump had a manga that had zero humans in it. Yeah, so, Jack, if you don't know, this is a manga where a dog fights a bear and then must go on a mission to recruit a ton of other dogs in order to fight the bear, who is actually an evil devil bear, and they destroy the four bear generals before finally fighting the massive devil bear. But anyway. Why do they make other manga? Why is it all not just that? I know! Now that's Kino. That is cinema. Okay, anyway, he also was an assistant for Kazuo Koike, the author of Lone Wolf and Cub, some some bangers that this guy's worked with. Maxi B said that they were more of a student than an assistant. The notable people they had as assistants were Koji Maki, the creator of Godsider, Masanori Morita, who made uh, Roku Denashi Blues and Rookies. See, we're getting into manga I don't know anything about, but I've heard of. They had a ton of notable assistants, but this is the big one. And weird, Masanori Morita worked on Fist of the North Star. I wonder what the connection is. Oh. Next we got Hirohisa Onikubo, who is a very accomplished hentai artist. How do they measure that? Uh, he's also the chief assistant for Araki on Battle Tendency and Stardust Crusaders. Currently works for David Productions on the JoJo anime. A hentai artist? Working on JoJo? Crazy. No way. Also had an assistant named Yuko Uramoto, who made the life-changing manga of tidying up a magical story written by Marie Kondo. <laughs> like, the lady who told you if, to throw something away if it doesn't spark joy. It's literally her. Amazing. Wow. Which is the story of a lot of manga we've covered in this series. Yeah. <laughs> Throw it out. <laughs> the author's other works, Iron Don Quixote, amazing title. Started in 1982, two volumes of Weekly Shonen Jump. Maxi B says it's the debut, a motocross manga didn't catch on. Currently being fan translated, so future flop eligible with any luck. And then David, this really little unknown manga called Fist of the North Star. Holy shit, man. Never heard of it. Yeah, I have either i can't believe somehow this manga has a connection to that right can't see no it. way it's so funny because the first thing we noted uh in our chibi was man this seems like a ripoff of fists of the north star i guess it's really unfair to say that considering this bum just stealing from tetsuahara and bronson who does he think he is yeah <laughs> oh 
Oops. Fist of the North Star fucking ran from 1983, 1988, 27 volumes. And it's written by Budonsen. You are already dead. One of the most influential manga ever written. This guy also wrote Keiji from 1990 to 1993, 18 volumes based on Ichimu on Furiaki by Kichiro Ryu, which is another hit based on a gangster. And then created Fist of the Blue Sky, which was a prequel to Fist of the North Star, ran from 2001 to 2010, what a run, 22 volumes, set in the 1930s. Maxi B notes that it is a cool comic for cool people. And this manga, Takeki Ryusei, ran from April 18th, 1995 to literally Halloween 1995. (laughs) The series it replaced was Shin Jungle King Tarchan by Masaya Takuhiro. And Maxi B notes that uh, Shin Jungle King Tarchan ran for 20 volumes and was a hit and the series that replaced it was Kaosu Kan Buria by Ton Okawara for one volume and nine chapters damn oof the series from the same round was Ayatsuri Sakon by Masaru Miyazaki and Takeshi Obata four volumes got an anime so it's kind of like in between where it only ran for four volumes but it did get an anime and then Ryuro no Sieg by Takeshi Noguchi two volumes it is a flop this series we're not here to talk about them. This series, Takeki Ryusei, ran for 26 chapters in three volumes. And David, why don't we get into the plot summary? Hell yeah. And Jordan, thank you for reading all those fun details. No problem. This guy's probably one of the most legendary dudes we've read on here. And we have covered works by Araki and Tagashi. So this is like, it's saying something. Exactly. I just want to say how jealous I am that you guys did Bao before I got here because I'm the number one Bao fan. Oh, really? I'll fight anybody on the corner of the street for the reputation of Bao because Bao rocks. Hey, I'm with you. The very least, it went to a good guest where we had the Shockmeister on. Ah, I could have done it better. I could have done it better. (laughs) Actually, we're going to record a bonus episode of him in like five (laughs) days, so we'll let him know how you feel. (laughs) Just post a a personalized call out from me. I'm going to say square up. Your mother ain't nothing. All right, all right, but we do have to keep going, so let's get into about the manga. Yeah. So Jordan, tell us what happened in the manga by this legendary author. Kato Ryusei is a former 16-year-old biker gang leader. He's returning from working on a boat for two years, only to discover that his gang has been taken over by the Yakuza, who now makes them sell drugs. After defeating Yashiro, the man he left in charge of his gang, Yushiro takes leadership over the bikers after almost burning everyone alive to establish dominance, and decides to go to war with the Yakuza. After stocking up on weapons, Ryu assaults the local Yakuza building with dynamite, getting the attention of Kido, a big Yakuza boss guy who is quite Kino, David. <laughs> Kido then approaches Ryu with a katana, challenging him to a duel between men. Kido slashes Ryu with his sword, but when Ryu says that Kido looks sad, the Yakuza boss realizes that he is dealing with a true Giga Chad. After Ryu passes out from blood loss, Kido takes him to a secret hospital and goes to talk with his bosses. When they demand Ryu's death, Kido staves them off by cutting off his own arm as penance to show just how much of a Chad he fucking is. Kido goes 
goes to speak with Ryu and says that he saved him because as much of a Chad Ryu is, he knows a super ultra mondo giga Chad who Ryu would love to meet. The next thing he knows, Ryu wakes up in Hong Kong face to face with the most powerful Sigma male he's ever encountered named Joga Tsurugi. Joga is trying to build some kind of worldwide Japanese nation in Hong Kong or something. It's kind of confusing. A place where people who don't fit into Japan can live freely. You could say he's some kind of big boss. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm interested. Yeah. Now I'll read it. Yeah. They step outside and are immediately under assault from various cars full of assassins trying to kill Joga. Ryu helps fight them off, but a big guy who helped fight them dies, and Ryu and Joga both honor their fallen homie. Popcorn David. Joga takes Ryu to meet a total 10 out of 10 smoke show baddie named Woo! Jordan Forbes. Hey! I mean, Asaki, <laughs> who drives Ryu and a bodyguard to a fancy rich guy ball, dodging buses of assassins and making a cool Fast and the Furious style leap over a broken bridge to get there. We find out that Joga is in a rush to accomplish his dreams because he is dying of soap opera disease, if you guys are familiar <laughs> really? with that. Yes, yes. It's where someone's vaguely dying, but they have absolutely no medical issues until they die. They just don't say what the fuck is happening. He's just... They can run around just fine, talk perfectly fine, but, oh, they're gone. They're yeah. done for. Yeah. <laughs> and thinks that Ryu may one day be Sigma enough to take over his business from him. They get to the ballroom where a bigwig named Philip, who sent the assassin, makes small talk with Joga. Ryu punches him in the face, and Joga hits him for causing a scene and for probably being related to colonizers. <laughs> when Ryu gets up, he's applauded by Joga's men for being enough of a Chad to do that for the sake of their fallen homies. Ryu decides to assault Philip's compound himself, but Joga's men say they want to accompany him. But after speaking to Joga, who tells him to fight with purpose, he decides to sit somewhere and think all night. The next day, Ryu tells him that he isn't gig enough Chad to take his place yet, but in two years he will be, and decides to head back to Japan. Ryu's bros finally see him after being worried, and Ryu tells him about the cool dude he met at Hong Kong, says he wants to go back there. As he prepares to go on his last ride, he's met by thousands of bikers, and they tear through the city in a huge parade of manliness. Ryu then decides to stow away on a fishing boat, where he's thrown in the brig by the douchebag crew with a bunch of refugees, causing him to start a revolt. Just then, though, it turns out that the idiot crew was shooting at a baby whale, causing the daddy sperm whale to fight the tiny fishing boat. Ryu saves the baby and telepathically communicates with the father who realizes Ryu is a true man and leaves them alone because I guess he just has conquerors hockey. That did happen though, David. Was I wrong in writing that? This is the part where you have to say there was a science fiction element to this manga. Yes. <laughs> this is the part where I started to think like, he gave up on the first story, didn't he? He just wanted to write about whales for a little bit. Oh, I absolutely yeah. did. We'll get into how this author gave up on quite a few ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As they get to Hong Kong, Ryu teams up with a refugee named Han, who tries to get... I don't think he was a refugee. Wasn't he, like, the merchant on the boat who was selling people candy for, like, a hundred bucks? He was a refugee merchant. He escaped his country for some reason. They don't even say what country it is. You assume it's Japan, but it sounds like he might be talking about a different country. A refugee named Han, who tries to get Ryu to join a prize-fighting ring, which Ryu refuses until the champ, Foe, decides to start some shit with a poor grandpa and his kids. Sorry, Popcorn Jack. Furious, Ryu destroys his fist and decides to start prize fighting to help the grandpa pay for his kid's various medical problems. Just then, before Ryu's match can start, they're interrupted by Choki, the nephew of Foe who wants revenge. They start fighting, but Ryu looks into his eyes and tells him that he's sad, causing Choki to realize that Ryu is an ultra giga chad and pledges his loyalty to him, placing his gang of 300 under Ryu's control. Meanwhile, Asaki strips naked, showing off to the reader how sexy she is, oh. to meet the head of the Haka clan in a swimming pool of nude babes <laughs> it always catches you off guard because you forget shouldn't jump does allow topless nudity but it happens so rarely you're like oh fuck that's right that's can show yeah. up and show jump 
The gang then decides to assault his boss's mansion only to discover it's the head of the Haka group that Asaki showed her boobs to earlier. He fights with Ryu in a battle of chads until Ryu looks into his eyes and says he looks lonely. Haka's like, nuh-uh, and as a bunch of assassins from a rival group suddenly attack, he's saved by two bodyguards. That was the most absurd thing. <laughs> this part is really when you saw the offer and it was canceled. <laughs> he just burst through the fucking wall! I have a lot to say about how that manga ends, and that is just the most out there ending possible. Haka's like, see, I got these guys, I'm not lonely. But then a goddamn tank appears and his bodyguards are like, fuck that shit, and run away. Haka's like, damn, I guess he's right, as the tank points its gun at him. Ryu saves his life, that's it, bye. Yeah, that's the end. Yep. This manga was very interesting. So let's get into the characters where I, as we talked about, this manga abandoned a lot of things, so we had a lot of characters to delete. Yeah. Jack, as our wonderful guest, why don't you tell us about the only character I would say that isn't a stretch to include in this list? Who is the main character? Ah, uh, uh, Ryusei. Ryusei is a big, tough, like, he's the buffest 18-year-old until Jotaro shows up. Former biker. Uh, he spent two years on a boat, and he's just the biggest, toughest guy. And when I started reading, I'm like, okay, I've got a great bit planned where I'm just gonna say he's Kenshiro. But as the story goes on, the more and more I realize, like, he's actually distinct enough from Kenshiro to be his own guy. He just looks exactly like Kenshiro because it's literally the artist who drew Kenshiro. We said that there are some sci-fi elements to this manga, but I think the main one is that Ryusei has the ability to transform into Kenshiro for panels at a time yeah. when Tetsuo Hara forgets who he's drawing. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> yes. sure. I will say, Ryusei's main power is literally that he can look into your eyes and tell you that you're sad. That's the main thing. <laughs> I think he legitimately fights, like, two people in this entire series. Yeah! He shockingly does not have a lot of fights for, like, what I went in assuming was, like, a, you know, battle manga. A battle manga, yeah. Yeah. The main difference between him and Kenshiro, you know, aside from obviously their face, is the fact that Ryusei's just a stinker. Like, he is a rowdy 18-year-old who loves to push people's buttons. He committed domestic terrorism. <laughs> he did! It does take a bit of a turn to a bit of just a tiny, itty-bitty bit of domestic terrorism, but he has, like, a really loose way of talking. You know, he uses a lot of slang, and he's very blunt. If he's feeling something, he is not afraid to let people know about it. He's got this tough guy outer shell, but he also, you know, likes the more delicate things. I do think that this manga has maybe the most pleasant panel I've ever seen in my entire life of Ryusei just fishing and petting a dog. Yeah. And I wish that that was my life, honestly. Right, I mean, Ryu at the end of the day is just the coolest motherfucker like imagine the coolest guy you could ever meet that's Ryu imagine the coolest guy you could ever meet now imagine his boss <laughs> yeah well we're gonna get to his boss soon <laughs> but no it's it's like everybody who meets him is like god this guy is more manly than me I should follow him he should be my boss and unlike other characters, we actually get to see exactly what gets people so inspired by him. And there are some parts where I'm like, oh, he's just good at everything. Like, stuff he shouldn't be good at, like, uh, whale surgery, he's very good he at. He's good at whale surgery! <laughs> just a little bit of casual whale surgery, well, like every good manga needs. I I I'll tell you, the reason I dropped Dragon Ball, no whale surgery. You know what, that's very fair. I think there should be more whale surgery. By the way, I don't think it was a coincidence that they were fighting sperm whales oh. specifically oh, manly manly manliness saying. virility oh you dog of a bloke also we talked about his sister <laughs> oh he has a sister too that's cool he like saved up money for his sister she doesn't really matter she doesn't she matter, matter at all. i mean every woman in the series doesn't matter yeah 
as do most of the men. Um, I will say, though, he is I kind of want to say, is he a Mary Sue? Like, his, I feel like his superpower is that he is a Mary Sue. So the fact that he can look in anyone's eye and convince them to join him. He does have that, like, as soon as he shows up, there's not really a problem anymore because he's gonna win. And I don't know if it's, like, to the extent that Kenshiro is one, because I don't know if I'd consider him one because, like, he loses sometimes. Maybe Ryusei just hasn't had enough time to lose a fight yet. I think the big reason that Ryusei might be a Mary Sue is because 90% of what he does is, like, man, me as the reader, that's what what I want to happen, you know? I just wish someone would show up and just punch him in the face, like, every single time. And Ryu does it and experiences zero consequences for his actions because he's just such a man he's just such a chad yeah i wanted to bring that up i have a very specific example to compare that to tell us so i don't know if you noticed i got into this new show called one oh i love one yeah i know it's a bit of an underground thing but uh it's pretty cool i think it's gonna be the sound of the summer (laughs) spoilers for one piece but if you've looked up one piece you've probably seen this image somewhere where the main character luffy that's just to piss people off Uh, where Luffy punches the celestial dragon Charlos in the face, and it's like this, oh my god, yes, because he's just been to this dog of a bloke the entire arc, and you're just waiting for the moment somebody decks him in the face. And it's like this massive moment, like many people's favorite moment from the whole show. And then I feel like the Charlos punch happens like five or six times in this, except the part where it's a really bad idea to do it, he just gets away with it perfectly fine. In contrast to One Piece, where the entire next arc is based on the repercussions of him doing that. The main characters just split up for two years because he punched that guy. Also, Luffy is canonically a fucking idiot. Mm. He gets repercussions, whereas Rio really doesn't, because everyone who has issues with him just realizes he's such a giga chad that they follow him. It's like, oh, he punched me. That must mean I'm wrong, because why else would he punch me? Because he's right. I do think, though, that maybe that's something we'll start talking about in the issues we had in the series. So let's finish up the character section and we can really dive into that. So I will go next and I'll talk about Kaido. So he is the big bad for the first half of the series. And then, of course, he falls in love with our Giga Chad. I would say the first quarter of the series. Yeah, he's the big bad of the first quarter of the series. But essentially, uh, Ryusei bombs his office and blah, blah, blah. They get a confrontation and they fight and then they fall in love in a manly way. But Kaido's boss are like, well, you can't just let him go. And he's like, ah, have my arm because I believe in him. You know, he bet his arm on. Fuck. What did Shanks say? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. He's the Shanks. He's the Shanks of this series. Oh, God. Uh, But David, he's also sad because he had a girl that he gave up his dream for. But then she died. Yep. Also, he cuts Columbo's cigarette in a cool way. Yeah, there's a guy who just is Columbo. He appears for like five panels. May I talk about a note that I have? Because I did take notes while I was reading. Go for it. Yeah. My chapter six notes, I just wrote in all caps, Peter Falk as Columbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is not a character that looks like Columbo. Tetsuo Hara went to a website called www.columbo.com, found a picture of the character <laughs> Columbo, and then drew that. Doesn't Columbo show up in some Final Fantasy game like it's actually him? That's a meme image. Sadly, he does not show up in Final Fantasy X. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a conversation what the best Final Fantasy game is. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Finally, Jordan, why don't you tell us about... I I called him Mob Jesus, but you're right. He's kind of a big boss. Yeah. Jolga Tsurugi, just... You thought Ryu was an alpha male. Holy shit. Well, this is the Sigma to his alpha. Yeah, Joga is like the ascended Ryu. He is like the hugest big boss. He is massive boss. 
Everyone loves him. Everyone loves him. They just encounter him and are immediately charmed incredibly by his powerful dream. His dream is very confusing. It's <laughs> I don't really get it. Like he wants to start a new nation and then spread it out across the world and it's going to be a bunch of Japanese merchants. Yeah, his plan does not make sense. His plan is very confusing. Like one of the most Chad things I've ever seen is that he owns a bunch of buildings and he gave them the names of his dead comrades and they're like tombstones for them. I think that's awesome as hell. That's actually super rad. It's cool as yeah. fuck. I mean, the series does a lot of things that are really cool as long as you don't think about it for too long. Uh, one second of thought and it falls apart. Like that's also really yeah. stupid, but it's awesome. Who cares? Yep. And he has a tattoo made out of the blood of those dead guys too. Which is probably why he's dying, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it's like turns out one of them had HIV. Yeah. One guy had Hep B, and now it's all over. He's like, I have collected every STD. One guy had HIV, and it's the early '90s, so I guess I'm fucked. Oh no, he's done for. Yeah. Also, none of their blood is compatible, so he's constantly rejecting other blood types. He's just filled with infections. It's really bad. Yeah, and I think I'm filled with criticism. So why don't we get into where this manga failed? Jordan, so what would you say are some issues as we have already discussed? So the first few chapters are actually really cool, I think. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, it's just Ryu and he's like being a cool biker and he's like upstaging people in like really interesting, but also really flashy ways. Like he bombs the Yakuza building. It's rad. We encounter Kido. He's scary. And then like at some point when Ryu gets knocked out, the entire manga just completely shifts on its head and becomes way less interesting yeah. as it turns into oh this God, weird yeah. Hong Kong political thriller where, David, you know, I've talked many times about one of the hallmarks of failed manga is that the main character gets inducted into this secret society where everyone is just way too nice to him for some reason and respects him way too much. And there's one dude that he kind of wishes was his big brother. And it's like, that is what happens here. It is 100% following the previous, like, bad manga plot structure that I've identified in things such as Tokyo Shinobi Squad and Aliens are an aliens area. You were about to say Aliens Arena. I was 100% about to say Aliens Arena. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it's just like, I got really disappointed. Like, I was super interested, you know, like the first chapter where he just covers the ground in gasoline and sets it on fire. I was like, that is awesome. Because it's like he's fighting without fighting. And it's like weirdly believable. Like, it's stupid. It's not believable. But it's also like kind of believable in like that sense. <laughs> where it's like, all right, he's not Kenshiro. He's not just using some secret ultra martial art that's like destroying his enemies from within by hitting pressure points. It was interesting. And then it just like completely became so much less interesting where they're just sitting there talking about philosophy and dreams. And like and this one guy who established like Cambodia, there was a couple of pages where he just yeah. got really bored and started writing down a Wikipedia article. So that country is real, by the way the way and then i think it was the people from netherlands like just colonized it and just ruined everything oh like like the congo kind of but yeah um this series like it becomes weirdly like almost religious well like, yeah he's literally like jesus 
Like, no, David got it right. He's mob Jesus. Mm. Like, Kenshiro... I, almost call, I called him Kenshiro. Uh, <laughs> nothing similar between these two. Nothing similar. Nothing similar. names. Yeah, Their they, names are yeah. different. <laughs> he goes back to uh, Japan and basically starts proselytizing. When he went back to Japan, I got really excited. I was like, yes, it's going to start again. It's going to be like the biker stuff again. This is going to be cool. And then he's just like, no, nah, I'm going back to Hong Kong right now. And it's like, why did you even go to Japan? Why even bother? Why didn't he just have like a two year time skip? Yeah, why didn't he do that? Like, it made no sense. It was like you went to Japan in order to have a tougher time of getting back to where you just were. Why did you do that? You couldn't, like, send some kind of message to your guys? Get a courier to follow you, dude. The way that I saw it was like, he says, like, I'm not a bad enough dude to take over your place. I need two years to get ready. And then like a day passes and then he's like, I think I'm ready. Yeah. Right, two years was a massive overstatement. I made a big mistake. I think the idea was he was going to go to Hong Kong again and build up his own gang in order to like take him out. But it's like, Ryu, you already have a massive gang empire in Japan. Mm. Why don't you go to Japan and keep building up your empire until you're ready to go back to Hong Kong? Like, it's very confusing. It's it's stupid, honestly. Like, I feel like it's a theme park ride where if you just look at it too much, it falls apart. It's like why you can never rewatch. Uh, what was it? Far From Home, the one with the three Spider-Man in it, where it's yeah. like the movie really you can only watch it once. You can watch it once in a crowded theater of giant Spider-Man fans. But it's awesome at the time. It's got the lizard in it. How can it not be good? You can talk. But yeah, the series is just kind of, it just falls apart very quickly, and it's extremely disappointing. Yeah, I was really having a lot of fun reading this. Also, it's really dumb how Ryu's power is literally he can look into your eyes and do the thing where it's like, oh, he understands psychology so much that he can figure out the one thing that'll upset you, you know, <laughs> that'll just destroy you. <laughs> like, just have a breakdown then and there. It's like, oh, my life is a lie. I suck. You're the man. <laughs> Like, he encounters the big tough guy who's, like, a gang leader, and he's just like, man, you know, you're really strong, but, like, you feel kind of empty inside. He's like, no! How did he figure out this very, like, unspecific thing that, like, anybody could have said? It's like a fortune teller saying, like, I'm seeing somebody with an A in your past. He just cold reads everyone. That's his whole thing. He just cold reads people. Hot blood cold read. That would be a much better story if he was just, you know, sort of lucidly guessing, like, ah. Uh... That's what the best character in Dr. Stone does. That's what the best character in the show, Psych, does. <laughs> That's a great show. Yeah. That's what the best character in Mob Psycho does. Like, Dr. Stone, Mob Psycho, and the TV show Psych. We didn't even mention the ending. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Did you see the show Smiling Friends? Yes! I love Smiling Friends. It's really, really good. In episode six, I think, where they meet the Frowning Friends, they're trying to figure out how to end the story. And then they <laughs> oh, say, God. oh, the Renaissance men showed up. And the Renaissance men show up and just kill no, everybody. No, no, You gotta say, in the, in the first scene of the whole movie, the whole episode is my favorite setup to a joke ever. One of the guys is just like, oh, it says here the Renaissance men will be here. And they're like, what's the Renaissance men? He's like, oh, I don't know, man. It just says here on the news site, the Renaissance men are coming. What, what the fuck does that mean, Charlie? I don't know. It just says here, man. Like, the Renaissance men are coming. And then in the last scene, yeah, the Renaissance men show up and just kill everybody. And he's like, that was the Renaissance men. I told you they were going to show up. And they that did. That would a better <laughs> ending than this manga. <laughs> and that's what happened. At least they said, said like, oh, the Renaissance men are coming. <laughs> it's my favorite 
said, I'll do a joke after. You're having a fight and and Mob Jesus number two comes in and is just like, hey, I know Kung Fu. And he breaks Ryusei's ribs and is like, you move and I'm going to explode your heart with Kung Fu. Yeah. But not in a cool way like Fist of the North Star. And then suddenly it just a wall explodes and a bunch of Marines come in and they're like, we're going to, they don't say anything. They're just here to kill them. And then two bodyguards show up and kill them all with knives. And he's like, ha ha ha, I got my friends. I'm never going to lose my friends. And then a tank. And then, like, a pl- and then the bodyguards run away. <laughs> yeah, the bodyguards, like I said in the plot summary, they're literally like, fuck this shit, bye. <laughs> they were introduced just to show that Ryusei is right and the other guy's wrong and he sucks and Ryusei rocks. And he somehow dodges a, <laughs> a, a tank shell. Tank shell, which was way bigger than I think a tank shell is because that shell would not have fit in the tank. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like the size of a large watermelon or the size of a mini fridge. It was the size of Ryusei. It was like <laughs> literally the size of their bodies. I have a gif saved on my phone and it's of like a tank shell against a person. And it's just like it rips them into like jelly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's amazing mannequin by the way i don't have like gore videos on my phone okay cool it's just horrible and like <laughs> he dodged it how'd he dodge it well he got out of the way idiot yeah we want to fight about it and though well, a beam fell in a very specific mm. way yeah and they're even like that's supernatural how he survived <laughs> if you just say something is stupid and ridiculous it's okay then and it hand waves everything it's great yeah. the fist of the north star survived like a million billion issues off that where it's like oh he pressed the right pressure point Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I still love the Dynamite guy's best character. Oh, my God. Dynamite's not martial arts. He's like, well, it works. <laughs> hey, I don't need martial arts. I'm going to kill you. Speaking of this, the North Star, which yeah. is something we enjoy, let's talk about things we enjoyed about this manga. Jordan, this is like your fifth section in a row. Tell us what, <laughs> what were some things you actually did enjoy about this series. This art rules. Oh, God, yeah. I don't understand. How did you make this art in a week? It looks so good. It is detailed. There's such a three-dimensionality to all the characters, like more so than their actual character. (laughs) Everybody looks cool. Like there's some really great action and motion put into these characters' movements. It just looks really good. I mean, the art is by far the best thing of the series. Yes. Tetsuohara, for as much as he is obviously not a story writer, he is a fantastic artist, like one of the best I've ever seen. You cannot really criticize this guy's art. He should team up with the writer of Magu-chan. <laughs> he should team up with the writer of Fist of the North Star. Yeah! Oh, God. Ooh, now we're talking. Oh, hell yeah. I do think there were some parts where the series was actually funny on the note of the writing. Like when he gets shot and he immediately drops like the Fosse and he's like, yeah, it really fucking hurts to be shot. Guys. What do you think? Yeah, it's like, of course it fucking hurts. I got <laughs> shot in the fucking shoulder. You that was idiot. such an unexpected but great character moment. Yeah. Can, can, I, no. can I actually say some quotes that I've written down of uh, Ryusei for how funny he is? Oh, yeah, go for it. These are from chapter three and four when he enters the bar. What's popping, everybody? <laughs> When he goes up to some people to talk about them looking upset. What's wrong, buddy? You make an ass curry. <laughs> he sends a call-out note to the Yakuza to tell them that they're going to war, but his penmanship is so bad that they don't know what he's trying to say. <laughs> he's got bad yeah. grammar and he's fucked up. Oh yeah, they mention a lot. He's like, despite all the typos in this letter. I will say, one of the reasons that it doesn't bother me so much that like Ryu is treated as such like this gigajad that everyone follows is because Ryu is actually likable. Yeah. For as much of, as the other characters, like, kind of fail in some regards, Ryusei is, like, an actually, like, fully formed person who I want to see succeed. Yeah, we mentioned it, but, like, until he goes to Hong Kong, this series is good. This yeah, is a it good is, like, series. Like, from chapter eight back, like, it's all fantastic. I really enjoyed it. 
until that happens, I was like, this isn't a flop. This is not a flop. This is a good series. This series had more, I think you mean Chad per, Chad, Chad Tur. <laughs> no, 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 try again. Try again, dude. Uh, Chad per, <laughs> Chad per chapter. Chad, yeah, Chad Tur. There we go, Chad Tur. Tortured, Tur. absolutely tortured pun. Dylan, make it seem like I got that on the first try. Do not do that, Dylan. No, he doesn't deserve that. He does not deserve that. On the note of favorite quotes, I love when he's trying to get on the fishing boat, the fisherman. He keeps trying to bribe him. He keeps asking for money, and the guy pisses on him. <laughs> mm. And he finally climbs up the boat, and he says, completely seriously, and this was great translation. Incredible. If you fought, you could piss on me without pissing me the hell off. You're dead fucking wrong. <laughs> it's so good. The amount of 90 swearing in And this. I wonder if that was a pun entirely created by the translator, or if there's some Japanese equivalent. I pray to God. That's something that stupid could be said in Japanese. That was a fucking 10 out of 10 translation. Incredible. They actually like drop a shitload of F-bombs, which like I wasn't expecting in a manga from the 90s in Shonen Jump, but like it kind of worked for every well, It's a fan like, translation. It's so a it's fan like translation, but which, you know, is very like historically, everybody knows uh, who was reading scanlations in the 90s. They just have a ton of F-bombs. Like you can find Naruto saying fuck every like few. But this one actually pages. works. This one works. There definitely be cursed that much in the series no they're like hardcore like biker dudes it doesn't shock me that they're saying fuck all the time and they're young kids like you know like yeah, 16 no. 17 year olds they're gonna be you know loose lit yeah also like again first few chapters keto is a really intimidating villain the first thing we see him doing is he is playing golf on a guy's head he makes him wear golf tea a golf tea in his mouth and he's doing this to punish him and then he's like "Uh oh hope i don't fuck up and accidentally hit your head what's gonna happen and of course he fucks up and hits him in the head and he's like oh well and it's like genuinely terrifying and creepy yeah, and, 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 and fucked Shinji's up he's in the room and he's like yeah this guy's messed up yeah, and then he stops being scary in, like, two or three chapters. And then he just becomes a huge simp for Ryu. He just becomes a good guy. Okay, another thing, another thing. In the next chapter, like, when they're getting ready to go fight the bikers, he grabs a golf club. And I wrote in my notes, if, if the battle with Kido does not happen at a golf course, cinema is dead. I really wish instead of using a katana, he just used the golf club. Why does he not use the golf club? That would have been so sick. Oh, the series had a ton of potential. The fact that Ryu is just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go bomb the fucking Yakuza. I'm gonna fucking start a goddamn war with them. That was cool. I wanted to see more of that. Well, well why don't we save that for where it could have gone? Yeah. So why don't we actually, that's a good point. Let's dive into that section. You ready? Jordan, you're getting a break from starting conversations. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Jack, I know you were passionate about this. What are some things you would have redone? If I were in the shoes of Tetsuohara, I wouldn't know what to do. I'm an idiot. But if I had to say what could have been done, just more could have been done with like what this series started out as. Because when you look at it from like what it is, the story about kids growing up in this spiker culture, you know, and tangling with the Yakuza who are like, you know, the adult world of their, you know, biker kid world. Why not go into more of that? I thought that that was like way more interesting than where the series ends up. Because you have this like group of characters, you have Ryusei who's like this, to them like wizened figure who like knows what to do he knows how to handle himself he knows how to present himself as like this big tough guy but then you have uh kaido who is this you know actual adult like the series could have been so better uh so much better if it had played on that dynamic of like ryusei as like what they think an adult would be like how they would act in their situation and then you have kaido who actually is an adult and see how you know he is going to react because he knows how the world works 
So where the series could have gone is like, if you still want to have Joga be this like cool dude, you do that at like chapter 50. Mm. So then you have like 49 chapters of Ryu just doing cool shit. You have him meet Joga and then Joga should have a villain turn. I kept waiting for that to happen. He has big, you know, just like, oh, this you can't trust this guy. He's going to turn on you any minute, but he's just turning into his grave. But no, he's good the entire way. There was this one point where Ryu discovers that like that grandpa's house was demolished by Joga's company. I was like, yes, finally, we're going to get like some of the villainous aspects of Joga. And then the grandpa shows up and it's like, oh, man, they bought me a new house. It's great. They put me in this really high class apartment. And I'm just like, oh, man, I just got so disappointed. Like. Yeah, I thought this was like a test to like break him and really see what he's like when everything's going wrong. But no, because that was almost a really interesting thing, like this concept where, yes, you believe in this guy's dream, but the things that he's doing to accomplish that dream are hurting the people below him. No, 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 that's fine, uh, actually. no, They're no, better off. whatever. He's he's be- he's actually a really good guy inside and out. His dream is super cool and it's better than your dream. Your dream sucks. My dream rocks. Join my team. There are no downsides at all. He's Jesus. It's not a big deal. Like, And what about those three gang bosses that show up at like the beginning of chapter two after he beats uh, Yasuhiro, I think? Yeah. Those three big ogre-looking sons of guns just show up and are like, hey, what do you think you're doing? They burn the big pile of Yakuza money, and then they go away. Like, what, what were those guys up to? They just immediately fall under Ryu's sway. Like, they show up later and they are like, Ryu, we support you. Like, yeah, I agree. No, I wanted there to be conflict. I wanted Ryu to really fight to get the leadership of his gang back. I wanted Mm. that to be a big conflict because it seems like it should be. And it seems like it would be an interesting one. It doesn't happen. I would really like to have seen that happen. It had the opportunity. And even like after it transitions to the Hong Kong stuff, which is where I started to like sort of fade out of the story a little bit there were still a lot of interesting things that it could have done but it just does away with them so quickly like it presents a problem and then is immediately like but then Ryusei solves it like Phillips like that big you know guy who sends the assassins like it sets him up like oh he's this you know smiling assassin like you know he puts on this like dignified front but behind the scenes he's this giant scum lord and he you know got that big guy who we're supposed to care about that big henchman got killed and they're all like oh no not big henchman who we don't know and we just met like three panels earlier. Then he gets like a Fist of the North Star death where it's like, you will live on forever in my heart. I don't even know his name. I I have no idea who this guy is. But then it's like, you know, oh, look, you know, he's gripping his fist so hard that it's bleeding because he can't bear having to, you know, play nice in front of this guy. And Ryusei looks at him and says, I'm gonna punch him. And then he goes up and he punches him. And this is where I made the comparison between the Charlos punch and this, where it's like, this should have been like, okay, there's gonna be city-wide war people are gonna start like you know innocent people are gonna suffer because Ryusei made a you know stupid impulsive decision and they talk about him making a stupid impulsive decision and then it's fine either that or Ryu shouldn't have punched him and he just would have been like holding his rage back yeah because he never he never learns when not to be at 100% at all times because he's never punished for it yeah the reason he's never punished is because it's always the right thing to do is to go 100% all the time because he's Ryusei Yeah, no consequences, just all the time. See, the thing is, when somebody tries to give him consequences for his actions, like when he beats up that Foe guy, it winds up turning into something good because he just uses his Chad powers to just make the guy follow him who was coming after him. Like, I would have liked to see that guy be more of a persistent villain. There were like 
five or six different storylines that could have been like expanded out and made into something really, really interesting if the end of the story wasn't and then Ryusei punched him really hard. <laughs> yeah. Ryusei punches him really hard and then he says, I respect that. I'm on the team. Well, no, hold on. When he's fighting the gang guy, he pretends to punch him really hard. Right. And then he stops right before hitting him. That was a clever subversion. Yeah. Clever subversion. This manga has the same structure as the Fast and Furious movies, where Vin Diesel races against somebody really hard. They say, I really respected how you did that. I'm on the team. Just repeated ad infinitum. I, I do want to say, but well, I had a completely separate idea where what if this was just based on like a fighting tournament mm. and it was like the main motivator was like he has to become like the fighting king of Japan and that's like he builds his influence and there's not even this weird like dynamic power struggle thing. It's just literally hot blooded dudes fighting each other for like 50 chapters. That would have been awesome. Really, David, a tournament arc? Yeah, David. Yeah. It's not like, <laughs> oh, come on, this writing was so paper thin. You're not going to tell me that. Well, at least would have given some structure to why they're all fighting. Yeah. It's cookie cutter, but like there's a reason that everybody does a tournament arc. And that reason is Kanikuman. Yes. <laughs> I'd have much rather read Kanikuman, except for the part with Brocken Man, because he's a racist. Right, I feel like that's Jordan's recommendation. He's, he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. He's oh, a full no, Nazi. No, no, you are wrong. You are wrong because he is canonically a non-racist Nazi. I'm not even joking. What the heck does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the paraphernalia, dude. It's a cool logo. He's one of those guys. There is an audio drama where they talk to Brock and Man's ghost and he says, man, I want to establish a fourth Reich where there's no <laughs> discrimination against people for, for race or religion. Third Reich Turbo it's like, Edition. It's like, dude, you're just not a Nazi then. I don't know what to tell you. He's not reappropriating the imagery. This isn't, you know, when this is all done and, you know, dusted, let's make the YouTube video in defense of Brock and Man. Oh, don't. This is ukulele. Oh apology video <laughs> yeah oh god we are getting off topic let's go to miscellaneous thoughts so i want to say while columbo did not appear in final fantasy there is colundo who is a canonical character in the game final fantasy brave exodus <laughs> i think the game is brave exvius whatever who, who gives a shit because <laughs> it's xv like final fantasy 15 um, minor spelling error i win <laughs> Nice try, liberal. David, how could you misspell the bullshit word that <laughs> Square Enix invented? How do you misspell made-up words you've never seen before? Uh, checkmate. Yeah. I was actually playing, um, actually, one of them is, one of the questions is spell wild stallions. <laughs> from Bill and Ted. And I was like, who has an I anywhere in their word? And people were like, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way you start. But I also want to say, man, you know what series is probably most the modern reincarnation of this series, Jordan? Uh, I see it right here. God but damn I'm gonna, it, Jordan. I'm going gonna, gonna to let you say it, David. Play pretend for five minutes. I think Ayashimon is literally the guy trying to recreate this series about yokai. Because that dude is pretty much... Well, he's even dumber than this dude, where... I don't know if you're familiar with that series, Jack. He's run out of people to beat up, so he starts fighting monsters because they're the only people that he actually can fight now. Because he's too strong to fight normal people. That sounds awesome. It was awesome, and then it completely falls apart. Oh, Sounds familiar. It's awesome for like a chapter. But the difference is that Kaido in that series is canonically a fucking idiot, whereas Ryu is actually a genius. He's a genius yeah. and he's smart and he's handsome and he's faster and smarter and funnier than you in real yeah. life. He's just so yeah. much better. He's just awesome. Yeah. I hate to say it, but the modern, a more modern equivalent is Jim Naruto from Tokyo Shinobi Squad. God, the most uh... racist series. <laughs>
By the way, I Maxi V has some thoughts where they said, Google this man. He looks like a fucking gangster. So hook up the offer of the series. They also say, <laughs> cannot overstate how big a deal Comex is. Several classic jump authors taking their ball and going home after Shonen Jump's audience and style had left them behind. This was a huge breakup and changed the landscape of manga forever. They also run the Silent Manga Edition, one of the first global manga contests, a notable landmark in reaching outside of Japan for talent. To be a founder of this company would immortalize Hara alone, never mind his massively influential body of work. I don't think we mentioned it, but I believe Comix is the... Uh, oh, shit, did we not? Is the magazine that this ran in? Yeah, this ran in Shonen Jump Jordan. Well, what's Comix then? I don't fucking know. What the fuck is Comix? <laughs> <laughs> Let me find Maxi P's notes. I have one last miscellaneous note, and it's from chapter two, or no, chapter one. When he throws all the gasoline on the ground, he gets punched in the face, and his glasses fly off, and then he goes to pick up his glass uh, glasses, still got gasoline on them. Oh. It's yeah. probably not good. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had no. to say. That's my only note on the entire series. His glasses had gasoline on them. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Colomix is an anime and manga production company, and I believe that they do produce their own anthology magazine. Yeah, I will say Max V actually did not say at any point in their notes what Colomix is, so my that so <laughs> thank you for catching that, Jordan. You're right. I thought I just forgot that we I just forgot if we had talked about it. All right, let's get into final for tells that sound, kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sounds awesome. So starting with our six word summaries from the community, we have from Meru, the man amongst men has returned from Durok's fist of the crazy ass himbo. And this counts as a six word summary where the guy said, yeah, I can fuck with this. Lord Anubis, hashtag number one Red Hood fan mourner. This series is already dead. Super Dave (laughs) says, Tetsuhara, you are already canceled. Sandman, Akira meets Fist of the North Star, blah, moo, moo. Insane cool man dreams of imperialism. (laughs) And Andy's Islands, the legend of the whale whisperer. (laughs) We cannot stress enough how much of a break in the story the whale part is oh my god and he could pick up the baby whale that whale has to have weighed at least like 800 pounds yeah no it's ridiculous he picks it up he throws it onto the boat with a guy sitting on top of the whale the boat section as a whole is such a diversion in this story such a shitty part of the story it's so bad it sucks and everything that happens after that is not much better remember when the kid just randomly like walks out and they beat the shit out of him for no reason Oh, God. He crawls out. It's like sunlight. And then a bunch of sailors come and just beat the absolute crap out of this kid and throw him right back. He's like eight years old, too, to clarify. (laughs) These surly tradesmen. At least he could draw children on like a Rocky. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, But my six word summary is hot blooded, cooled by tepid plot. Mine is Kenshiro voice. You are already sad. And my summary is start strong, falls off a cliff. Yeah, so I thought this wasn't going to be a flop, and it isn't for the first eight chapters, so I'm going to say this is a flop, and I'll start a flop because those first eight chapters are pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. Same. This is not a certified flop, but it's, it is a flop, and it's really disappointing to say. It is. I really thought I was going to enjoy this series the whole way through. I agree, because those first, like, eight or nine chapters are really, really good. There's a chapter, I think, chapter six and seven, where it's, like, talking about um, them on the harbor, and it's Shinji, who's a character that doesn't matter, like, about to shoot Ryusei, and it goes into, like, his backstory and why he is the way he is, and I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. As somebody who doesn't read a lot of manga, like, I was super into this. But then, like, when it gets to the Hong Kong stuff, it starts going downhill. It's like, okay, this isn't as interesting. Uh, Stuff isn't making as much sense. And then from chapter... After 17 onwards, just it's just bad. 
Why didn't they at least make Hong- going to Hong Kong like an excuse to turn us into like a Hong Kong action movie, which I think would have fit pretty well with what the series was trying to be. I know. You know what is exactly what you just described? Fist of the Blue Sky. Oh. Oh. Is that, is that your recommendation? You know what? I will say that that is something that I recommend because I think it's a bit of a flop. Fist of the Blue Sky feels like this manga, but just done right. Because Kenshiro Kasami is like, looking back on it, is a lot like Ryusei. He's just this like cool, confident guy who has a handle on the situation at all times. But in like a more interesting way, it has a lot of the Fist of the North Star stuff that I enjoy, like the, you know, more intense martial arts. But it's also different enough from Fist of the North Star because of how different Kenshiro Kasami is to Kenshiro. Yeah. That I think it stands on its own as its own independent idea. Oh, oh that's cool. really cool. But don't watch the crappy CGI mon- uh, anime. It's not good. Okay, I'll keep oh, that in mind. Okay. I actually thought you were about to recommend my recommendation, so I'll kick things off, though, with uh, what we were planning on talking as recommendations, where I would say, if you want to see some super cool action, definitely read Sakamoto Days. <laughs> so Sakamoto Days, are you familiar with that at all, Jack? Uh, no. It's essentially a manga that's pretty much written like a Hong Kong action movie where it's all about assassins doing crazy kung fu shit against each other. And it's set about a retired assassin who now started a family and then people are like clawing him back into the lifestyle. It's just so cool to see all of these crazy. There's literally a Kino guy who's obsessed with making like the perfect movie. It all ties back together. It all ties back to Kino. Exactly. I think it's going to be the next really big hit out of Shonen Jump and I can't wait for it to get animated. And how about you, Jordan? My recommendation is if you want to see uh, like the Hong Kong thing done a lot better, uh, may I recommend to you a little thing called Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. <laughs> now we're talking. Now yeah. we're talking about what I know. Yeah. Where it's just like literally big boss and all these guys decide to follow him or they're kidnapped in <laughs> the craziest fucking they say- <laughs> balloon system I've ever seen. Either they say, we follow you, we give you our lives, big boss, or we follow you, we give you our lives, big boss, or you'll kill us. Yeah, it's literally like, oh my god, the Fulton system is hilarious. He'll just be having this serious conversation, and they'll be like, wait, what? And then they just fly up into the air. It's really fucking good. It starts with a shirtless fight in the rain on the beach. It's it's as anime as it gets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the the cutscenes in the game are comic book style, so that's like manga, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it has the best... Hideo Kojima named character of all time. <laughs> well, uh, say it, David, say it. Hot Coldman. Hot Ooh. Coldman. Die Hard Man is desperately clawing to be what Hot Coldman is. Yeah, we actually did a Patreon reading where we gave everyone Hideo Kojima style names like that. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, Hot Coldman is just untouchable. Uh, my favorite, I think, was that still it is ZZ Digital. We named him Sleep Goodman. <laughs> I'll give myself one right now. It's I'll be fall down, man. Well, your name's already Jack, <laughs> which is literally the name of a Metal Gear Solid character. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness they made Raiden cool in later games so I didn't have to be named after a punk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Ugh. Jack, did you on that note give a recommendation or do you want to still keep with the blue Fist sky. of the Blue Sky? Well, I didn't know if that was the one you wanted to say. Watch Boba 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 Boba. Oh, yeah. Fist of the Nose Hair. Fist of the North Star. I was such a big fan of that before I even knew what Fist of the North Star was. I was like, Same. Super Fist of the Nose Hair? Yeah, sure, go ahead, that's fine. And it's one of the funniest anime I've ever seen, specifically the English dub. I know that, like, you know, people sometimes have trouble with English dubs. The English dub of Bobobo is absolutely fantastic. It's Richard really Epcar good. as Bobobo, uh, Kirk Thornton as Don Patch, all these people who you've heard in tons of anime before, just going off. They are doing the best job that anybody could. They are killing I, uh, 
absolutely it. love it. No, I'll have to read it. You know, actually, the author of Bobobo had a manga that was the fastest manga to ever be canceled in Shonen Jump. Seriously? <laughs> it was eight chapters long, which is before you actually usually get popularity results. They just straight up, they were like, dog, this ain't working. <laughs> this sucks, dude. Get out. We need to cover it at some point. Yes, yes. We gotta see why. That's when I think we're saving for like a special occasion when we know we have like a very little amount of time to read a series. Well, um, <clears throat> if you ever want to get me back. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey, we always we do have returning guests for Patreon, so we'll definitely let you know. Well, guys, I'm happy to announce I'm going to be doing that episode and they can't cut this and now it's legally binding. <laughs> All right. You heard them, audience. <laughs> if we raise a thousand dollars a month on Patreon, we'll do it. guys, give this video a big old thumbs up. Leave a comment <laughs> in the description saying what your Metal Gear name is. Oh, my God. All right, let's get into it. And Jordan, I think this was neither the best nor worst. I assume this is probably this is like a D tier flop where it's your I would say it's it's good. It's just a shame that it completely falls apart after the first. Yeah, eight chapters. yeah, that's really the worst part of the series. Yeah, it's the most frustrating kind of bad where it's like, no, no, make a good choice. You have it. Make the good choice. It's like Red Hood. It makes me hate it more because like, no, you can do it right. I know you can do it right, but you're just not doing it right. I mean, he did after this because he is literally one of the most influential manga writers of all time. He bounced back. It reminds me of, I think it's like the RuPaul gif where they're like, Tiffany, we were all supporting you. We were all on your side. <laughs> and then you just threw it all away. <laughs> so if you want an official review of this manga, look at a RuPaul's Drag Race gif. We should have RuPaul on the show. Let's see what they say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah get on. I I'm sure it'll be easy. But speaking of other people, let's get into shout outs. I want to start by saying, Jack, thank you so much for joining us. I also want to give a big thank you to Orange, the person on our Discord who recommended you. This was a ton of fun. So thank you so much for recommending him. Where can they find all of the wonderful things you do on the Internet? All right. Now it's time for the Jack show. <laughs> He's going to jack off. Oh, what? you dog of a blow guy. I ought to give you <laughs> one of the chops for that one. Oh, ho, ho. Calm down, sir. I know we were talking about that successful hentai artist earlier, but there's no need to there. <laughs> if you want to find me, you can find me. I have my YouTube channel, Bumbles McBumbles, where I do video game content. I just got done with my anime month, and now I'm desperately, desperately trying to figure out what I'm going to do for episode number 69. That is an albatross around my neck. You can follow me on Twitter, at JackTheGent, where I will never post anything other than retweeting Cool Fist of the North Star panels. Oh, hell yeah. What else do you need? Yeah, that's all you need. It's one of the few things that humans need to survive is, you know, light, water, and Kenshiro just blowing somebody up with his fists. Oh, shit. Speaking of fists of the blue sky. Mm. Uh, like, yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to move to blue sky because Elon is destroying Twitter. Oh, any percent Twitter ruins speedrun. Yeah. I got some commissions for a project I'm working on that I'm waiting on. And if Ooh. Twitter dies before that comes out, Son I'm going to be upset. I'll let you in on a little secret. I do this series on my channel called The Bumbles McRumbles. It's all about wrestling, which is oh originally my. what I was like. Hey, find me a wrestling manga. It is called Kanikuman. <laughs> yeah, Kanikuman is the obvious answer. But unfortunately, I think it's a bit too well known. <laughs> yeah. And I'm waiting on some art for that series to be done. And I'm very excited to do it, but also a little scared because I don't want people to call me a cringe ass nanner, baby. <laughs> that's me. That's all I got to say. That's enough hot dogging and grandstanding from me. Hey, that's awesome to hear. And I want to say, Jordan, thank you so much for making the opening ending theme and being a great co host and helping with editing. Thank you, David, for also being a great co host and doing a lot of the editing. Thank you so much. 
I also want to say props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance for editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get our podcasts. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. Open to everyone, patron or not. Hang out with us and talk about anime games or wherever else is on your mind. Also, have a monthly movie night, and it's going to be your sanctuary once Twitter implodes. You can find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. Wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their support. Get a ton of awesome perks. Jordan, what are we dropping this month for our wonderful patrons? Yeah, David, this month we are reading Diesel, the, the JoJo, I'll, I'll be nice and call it adaptation. Yeah. Uh, From the 90s. An unauthorized adaptation. Dude, if I could have known I could have suggested Diesel, I would have suggested that a hundred times out of a hundred. Oh, we, we're doing it for Patreon just because it's so short. Ah, uh, true. And we're doing it with the Shuckmeister. Hey, oh, yeah. Shuckmeister. Ah, coming and stealing my glow. <laughs> <laughs> Shuckmeister, if you're listening to this, which I'm almost certain you won't if I'm here. I like your content, sir. Please don't hurt me. So actually, Shuckmeister says he listens to our podcast. He actually subscribes to us on YouTube. I looked at our number of subscribers by their subscriber count. It goes Shuckmeister at like several hundred thousand, and then the next person like 600 followers. <laughs> so it's really appreciated that he actually watched, listens to our show. Shuckmeister, I want you in the ring at WrestleMania. You and me, shirt off. Guts go. I'll beg you, take you to the mat at WrestleMania. <laughs> um, Hulk Hogan. I will cut the full Scott Steiner math promo right here, right now, if it gets him in the ring. Why don't you write a letter of challenge and I'll read it to Shuckmeister on Thursday. Did you know that Scott Steiner literally went to school to be a math teacher? That is not a joke. He literally went to school to be a math teacher. Well, you see, you, they say all men are created equal. Yeah. But you look at me and you look at Smojo, you can see that statement's not true. Because I'm, I'm a genetic freak, so it's ah. like you're fighting two guys. You see, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, right, I don't care about We can't time. do this. We can't do this. It's too long. We can't do this. I'm sure your patrons would appreciate it. <laughs> All right. I'm sure they would. Let's start off with our Chainsaw Man patron, Dude Man Bro Guy, and then our Dolphin Dad's Familiarity, familiarity Breeds. Famil- fam- fuck it. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> then Rachel, my lovely fiance. I love my little gnome. For the record, it is a goblin, not a gnome, as we have established. Thank you. And then moving on down, actually, speaking of that little goblin, we have the Ravioli tier where you get weekly photos of Ravioli. Uh, we have Chris, Eva, Israfant, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, my wonderful fiance. We are making lunch and she is just putting the chicken in the oven. So thank you for doing that. Scarlett Mirman and Trevor Schechner. By the Moving way, Jack, in. by the way, uh, Ravioli is David's dog. I know. I've seen that. I'm, I got the insider scoop. I know. We talked about that because she made a huge mess. Yeah. I posted a picture in our chat. That's the one you get for free. That's the trial. And then moving it down to King of the Forest, we have 090Z, Shal Florine, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, King Solomander, Kirby Mon, Marty, Max Baker T, The Wolf, The Wind, Trafalgar. Thanks so much for listening in, and I'm glad you had a good Canada Day. And Tommy Boy, thank you all so much for your wonderful support. We could not do the show, especially along with our Galactic Ball Federation officers and our Beast Children. Yes, thank you so much. I love all of you. Check out Mission Ignition. Hey, guys, I love you all. Check out uh, Dororo. All right, and then all that's left now is let's get in the sign-off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on Ichigo Keys Under Control, which is, I'm sure, going to be absolutely terrible. Ah, fucking manga. This has been David. This has been Jordan. And this has been Jack. You've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Bye.